It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, the year and special. And I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold. And you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese. Uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show, yes, tune in. We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this. Welcome to episode 311 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. And I am doing a lot better than I was last episode. While I have gotten over the majority of COVID, you can probably tell that my voice was not as strong as it usually was. In fact, you might still hear a bit of that COVID lingering in the back of my throat. I'm good and back to work, but I've got some tiny annoyances that I'm still dealing with, especially a twitch in my right eye, which I really hope goes away soon. I've also been hard at work on a few things behind the scenes, and right now I'm not able to reveal what it is yet, as I don't want to jinx myself, but needless to say, I'm in the midst of trying to get done something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time. Maybe ever since I started doing this show as a college radio program back in my Salem State days. So hopefully I'll be able to reveal more in the future. But on that note, you know, let's get this episode rolling. On today's No Borders, No Race, the world unites over their hatred towards an HBO Max cartoon. And Oscar season is now upon us. And on this week's A Bastard Soapbox... Why we need to start making some changes when it comes to anime production schedules. I'll also be spotlighting another local Boston Calling act in our Beantown Sampler. So, with that, why don't we head on over to this week's playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear and would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. We're starting things off with something lighthearted. One of my most anticipated anime returns of this season is The Vampire Dies in No Time, which is a perfect show for those waiting for more What We Do in the Shadows. Here is the voice of Drawluck, Mr. Jun Fukuyama himself, with the delightful theme song to the second season. It's New Drama Paradise. Yeah, 
from issuesprogram.com and fill the issues guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Fill the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out issuesprogram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, jump on over. Join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, 
you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing. You can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. song macaroni that comes off of 2019's Quizmaster, which would unfortunately be the band's final album before calling it quits in november of that year well who would have thought that in the year of 2023 people from all spectrums and political backgrounds could unite to agree on something and that something is this hbo max's velma is the worst scooby-doo adaptation ever I know, I'm like the 10,000th person on the internet to say this. But saying it more and more doesn't make it less true. 
Yes, I could only sit through ten minutes of Mindy Kaling's abomination, one that wastes the talents of actress Constance Wu and the many animators that worked on it. Because that's the thing, the show looks great, and the voice acting is alright, but the writing is just awful, to the point where I have no idea who it was written for, because as soon as it starts to ridicule the right side of the whole political spectrum, and then suddenly attacks the very audience that it wants to showcase its story to, and it's fine if you want to throw some jabs at those who are watching and such, you just gotta make sure you throw a wink in there to make sure that they know that you're just joshing them. But it's very, very clear that Velma hates its own audience. It tries to do the Harley Quinn thing, which works for that show because on top of the writing being great, it's actually funny. And Velma, every lame attempt of a joke or rift I heard made my eyes roll. We get it. Hollywood likes to think that all high school hotties are sluts and such. It's not 1998 anymore. Refresh your goddamn material. One other thing about Velma is that an adult Scooby-Doo already exists. In fact, there are quite a few of them, one of which I've been in the process of rewatching all of on Tubi, and that show is Mike Tyson's Mysteries. It was clever, hilarious, and the twists that show would pull were so ridiculous that you just had no choice but to laugh. Not only was Mike Tyson a riot playing a much dumber version of himself, but you had the late, great Norm MacDonald as Pigeon, who delivered great lines that felt more improvised than scripted. I still wonder how much of Norm's voice work in that show was off the cuff or was planned in the beginning. The other show that comes to mind was a series that began life as a short form series on FXX's Cake, and that show is Dicktown, which you can watch on Hulu. You had John Hodgman as a former child detective and David Reese as his former bully, and they would solve mysteries that would seem clear-cut, only for them to downward spiral into some crazy shit. Not as crazy as Mike Tyson mysteries, but crazy nonetheless. The chemistry between Hodgman and Reese really makes this show, and it's simply a joy to watch Dicktown. Of course, you also have The Venture Brothers, which was more poking fun of Johnny Quest, but it had some Scooby-Doo elements to it. To this day, it is one of the funniest and best-written adult animated series to come out of America. But those who actually want to see Scooby and the gang making fun of themselves, you have three great episodes to look at. You have the Supernatural crossover. You've got the episode of Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, where Shaggy and Scooby are arrested for pot possession. And then you have Scooby-Doo and Guess Who?, but the episode you should absolutely watch is the one with Ricky Gervais, who delightfully rips to shreds every weird decision Mystery Inc. makes. So there. Those are some much better recommendations for those who are trying to wash the taste of Velma out of their mouths. I urge you, don't even 
hate watch it because HBO Max will think it's a success and renew it. You know, kind of like how Rent-A-Girlfriend keeps getting new seasons because nobody I know watches it because they like it. So please, forget Velma exists. Go and watch Mike Tyson Mysteries and Dick Town at the very least. Those shows absolutely need more love. Whew. All right, let's play some more music. Our next act is a doom metal band from Ukraine that calls themselves Sorrowful Land. They just released their third album, Faded Anchors of the Past, which claims to help even make those rainy days feel more atmospheric. Accompanied by Stefan Nordstrom and Henrik Elkholm, here are Sorrowful Land with The Cold Gray Fog of Dawn.
Passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. Maximum the Hormone with Rolling Santan from the 2006 album Rokinpo Goroshi. The band was one of the 12 artists that collaborated with MAPPA for end themes for last season's hit series Chainsaw Man. The 2023 Academy Award nominations were announced the other day, and while I tend to ignore the Oscars, seeing as they treat animation as quote unquote child's play, this year's got me very interested. Not only has it done a good job nominating films that actually deserve to be awarded, but it shows that it has the capacity to evolve. This year's Best Picture nominations are practically all works of love and compassion, rather than films made solely for Oscar bait. From the darkly funny The Banshees of Innershin and the flashy yet fun Elvis biopic, to the imaginative Everything Everywhere All at Once, The films that are nominated this year show that the committee is finally paying attention to both creativity and solid good filmmaking. On the best animated film front, I am, of course, disappointed by the lack of anime, especially with stellar films like Inuo and Fortune Favors Lady Nikoko getting completely snubbed. However, 
What was nominated, I would say, is equally as deserving. Turning Red was Pixar at their best in years, and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, was better than it had any right to be. But I don't think anything can top what Guillermo del Toro accomplished with Pinocchio, with a narrative that was dark, funny, and filled with the soul that Disney's remake truly lacked. I didn't see Marcel the Shell with shoes on or the Sea Beast, but I've heard very good things about those two movies. Lady Gaga once again was nominated for Best Original Song, this time for her contribution to Top Gun Maverick. David Byrne also got a nod for his excellent track for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and the epic Indian action flick RRR also got a Best Song nod. However, I am very surprised that one of the most delightful film songs of 2022, Good Afternoon from Spirited, got completely snubbed. I guess Hugh Jackman got his wish then. I am rooting for Colin Farrell for Best Actor, as he did a tremendous job in The Banshees of Innishern. But as much as I love Brendan Gleeson too, I think K.Q. Kwan really deserves Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Michelle Yeoh totally deserves the Best Actress Award, and her co-star, J.B. Lee Curtis, absolutely should have Supporting Actress. But I'm stuck on the Daniels and Martin McDonough for Best Director and Best Original Script. They can win either, no matter which, and I think I would be completely satisfied. But for adaptive screenplay, hands down, glass on you. Very smart, very witty movie. Complete polar opposite from Knives Out, and in a way that made it both hilarious and surprising. Um, regarding the other nominations, I don't really pay much attention to like costume design, sound editing, uh, visual effects, even though I definitely should. I mean, these people should be noted for their craft, but I can't say that I have the best knowledge when it comes to whether or not a film sounds or is edited well. I don't mean to snub, I just sometimes have a hard time focusing on those sorts of aspects of the movie. Although I will say The Banshees of Innerton was robbed of a Best Cinematography nomination. That film was just gorgeous to look at. So, I guess those are my random thoughts on the Oscar nominations. I don't know if I'll watch them this year. I might, seeing as there are movies I actually care about that were nominated. I'll have to see how I feel the day of its broadcast. And if I do, maybe I'll come back and revisit this and share my thoughts on the winners. Uh, for now, though, uh, let's head back to the playlist. Here's a little 9mm Parabellum bullet for you coming off of last year's Tightrope album. This is All We Need Is Summer Day.
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. Wuthering Heights. She recently shot a music video for this cover with Russian artist Alex Starr, whom had never heard the original version of the song. 
But even without that knowledge, the duo were able to create a short film that captures Kill Gus's interpretation of both the song and the book it was based on. And now, folks, we continue onwards with our second Boston Calling 2023 edition of The Beantown Sampler. Hailing from Boston, Massachusetts, rapper Brandy Blaze delivers raw and unfiltered lyrics that make even her male competitors quake in their boots. With a sound that roars like a true woman king, Brandy Blaze lays it all on the line with her bars that call upon for strength amongst black women everywhere. Brandy Blaze will be playing on Friday, May 26th on Boston Calling, and from her album Late Bloomer is Model. Hold it 
hear that? Presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy, the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase. Get anything good? Contents of automobile trunk, back seat, and glove box unsorted. Mmm, riveting. But this auction win is more than it seems. A deranged man tried to outbid me. He confronted me afterwards. That box you bought? Burn it if you know what's good for you. He who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault. Just like he's gonna kill you. To solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered, Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm going to just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's that, not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you all brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's take t- too long to explain. We gotta get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I suspect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com.
Machine with Just One Day off of their soul record Cream. The band starred in Tower Records' No Music, No Life campaign back in 2001, and it featured Judy and Mary's Yuki, The Thrills' Yukarie, DJ Chiwaki, and singers Ayumo and Chara, both of whom also starred in Shunji Iwai's award-winning movie Swallowtail Butterfly. And now, folks... Time for an industry-focused edition of A Bastard Soapbox. I can't help but notice that this anime season, we are seeing a lot of shows getting delayed. Near Autonoma, Ayakashi Triangle, Unite Up, and Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible have all announced seasonal delays after they just started airing, with some restarting in April and others not yet announced. Personally, I don't give a crap about the first three anime I mentioned, but Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible was one of my most anticipated shows of the season. In fact, you can read my reviews of the manga and see how much I actually enjoy it. And the reason for these delays is, of course, COVID. There have been spikes in Japan and China, the latter of which has animators that work in the anime industry. And I'm not going to rant and ramble about COVID, seeing as I just got over it myself, but it does seem like production teams are now using COVID as an excuse for anime being delayed. The real problem is not just animators being overworked, but the timetable they're given to complete a series has been completely unrealistic these days. You now have between 30 and 40 new anime coming out every season, with many studios doing double, sometimes triple duty in a three-month period. You can't make them do that many shows in a season and not expect the animators to feel overwhelmed by the amount of work they have to do. They're humans, not machines, and us human beings have a very limited amount of energy to begin with. We can't do a shit ton of work in a little amount of time. It's not just unrealistic, it's also unhealthy, both physically and mentally. The anime industry knows that their brand is something with a worldwide audience, and I get that we, as anime lovers, love having many choices for shows each season. But there is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and that's exactly what is happening right now. The anime executives have dollar and euro signs in their eyes, and they're trying to make as much anime as they can for profit. And when that happens, you have exactly what is going on right now in the video game industry. People are overworked and undercompensated, and the final product is riddled with mistakes. The difference between games and anime is that you can patch errors in video games for the rest of the world. You can't do that in anime. Once a shitty anime hits the air, that shittiness is there for all to see for all eternity. You can do some touch-ups for Blu-ray releases, but those fixed errors rarely get to be seen outside of Japan, unless an anime gets a physical release in the West. Where the heart of this problem lies is in the way anime production currently works. Sometimes an anime episode goes up six weeks after it has started production, and when there's only 10 to 15 anime to make a season, that was kind of doable, although it's still not good as animators have been overworked for decades. But now when the average show count is more than 30, 
getting an episode up in six weeks is, quite frankly, asking too much. So what can the industry do? Well, the answer is quite simple, really. All they need to do is finish a show first. You can announce everything about it, from its reveal to casting and even production leads. But you do not make a release date announcement until the final frame has been drawn and the final line of voice acting has been completed. This way, animators can take their time to make it look good without needing to rush and forego sleep and other health necessities. I 100% believe that this is what MAPPA did with Chainsaw Man, because no fucking way an episode of that only took six weeks to make. That anime's announcement was made in December of 2020, and the show didn't air until October 2022. Chainsaw Man looks like an anime that took nearly two years to make, because it did take two years to make those 12 episodes. If that's how MAPPA did it, then every studio and every production team needs to follow this. Of course, this would mean less anime airing each season. But you know what? I prefer quality over quantity. If a 15 anime season results in 15 S-tier looking shows, then that's good. If a 40 anime season results in 15 S-tier looking shows, then that's bad. It's simple math. And it's the right thing to do, not just in Japan, but in animation studios everywhere. I mean, it's taken nearly three years for Wakfu Season 4 to be made because Ankama Studios is taking their time with it. If you want to stop anime airing delays, simply have it so a show can't air until it's 100% complete. Or at the very least, has maybe one or two more episodes left to be made. I'm being generous with that, though, as I would rather have a show be completed before it can be viewed by all. It might mean less to choose from, but in a world right now where we get tons of new shows and movies every month, every week on TV, Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max, Apple TV, Disney+, AMC+, Paramount+, Amazon Prime... Am I missing any? I might be. But that's another point. We've got too much to fucking choose from in the first place. I still haven't watched Stranger Things, or Wednesday, or all of the Star Wars shows, or even the original Netflix Marvel shows, or The Boys, or all of Invincible. Anime industry, don't add to this problem. You've got too much shit to watch and not enough hours in a day to do it. So please... Take your time with the shows. Wait until production is over before you put it on the air. It is so simple. (sighs) And I think I'm going to stop there before I pass out from exhaustion or go more off the rails than I already have. Remember, these are the opinions of myself and nobody else from the land of Esh. So, um, let's calm down for a bit and go back to some more music. Lucy Krueger will be unleashing a new album this April with her Lost Boys in the form of Heaving. A world tour is also in the works with stops in Europe and hopefully in North America. Here are Lucy Krueger and the Lost Boys with Burning Building. Let's go. 
no food like theme park food. Eat the Magic is a YouTube series about theme park food in Southern California and maybe Florida. Eat the Magic is hosted by a childless millennial of real repute, Jared the Greek. Karens want him, Chaz wants to be him, no bothers given. Tune into our show Eat the Magic on YouTube. See our thirst for Dolith on Instagram at Eat the Magic. We'll see you real soon at the parks. Why? Because we like you.
The Pillows with Star Overhead, which served as the end theme to Fully Cooly Alternative. Uh, personally enjoyed that one more than Progressive. Two more Fully Cooly series will be released sometime later this year, with The Pillows once again working on the soundtrack. No word yet on which albums from their discography will serve as the anime's backbone. All right. It's been a while since I've done this. Soste ima minasan konshu no nihongo yoyaku no jikan desu. Sa ikoze! Velma wa kotenteki na skubitu shirizu no shippai kaisaku desu. Omoshiro kunaku taidana kakikata o shiteori. Kikaiga aru tabini choshu o bujuko shiter iru yo des. Uori yoi otono no skubitu ga hitsuyona baiwa. Bike Tyson misterizu dika town soste venture brothers ozehi goran kudasai. Kotoshino Oscar no nomene towa hontoni ni shoni. Ataisuru sakuhin bakari desu. Sakunen mita futatsu no saiko no ega de aru, everything everywhere all at once to inishirin shima no selega tadainaru shori o kachi uru koto o kitaishite imas. Demo pinokyo ka katsu koto wa machigai naito omoimasu ga. Anime ga chōhen animation bumon de motto aisareru koto o nagatte imasu. Saigo ni, saikin, anime no hōsou ga ohaba ni okurete imasu. Sutajio wa hitsuyo ijou no sagyo o okonateru yo de, chien ya animation no shitsu no teka ni Tsunagatte imas. Moshi, Otashiga un eishiteta nara, Seisakuga kanzeni owaru made anamega, Hoso serenayo ni shimas. I think I need to practice a little more with speaking Japanese, but anyways, my thanks again to Mikio Hatori-sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Right now, we're going to play a little Aimeon, an artist I saw a lot of while I was in Japan this past summer. From last year's Falling Into Your Eyes record, this is Your Heart.
I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Wanna be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m., where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackcompat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern.
opening track from the upcoming concept album Blood Moon Wedding, an American Nightmare. The song is called Spell. In the record, it's a collaboration between Zounds member Steve Lake and American opera singer Mia Dean. The album hits stores on April 7th, and a movie based on Blood Moon Wedding is also in the works. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Basher Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Jesse Kilgus and Lucy Kruger and the Lost Boys, made possible by Shameless Promotion PR. And a very special thank you to Elk City for their contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. Shout out also to Zoheb of Kabar PR for also sending us Sorrowful Land and Blood Moon Wedding. Since there are a lot of local acts at Boston Calling this year, next week we'll start delivering a double dose of local goodness. Hopefully by the time we reach the festival, we'll have covered each and every artist representing New England at the event. So, uh, fingers crossed! We're going to end the show with the current closing theme to this season's idol anime, D4DJ, All Mix. The series is pretty underrated, especially with its Love Life competitor, but it has some pretty damn good tracks. This particular song reminds me a lot of Caravan Palace, which I personally think Electro Swing should be one of the biggest genres this decade, alongside Synthwave. Anyways, here are voice actresses Yuka Nishi, Risa Suzuki, Aimi, Natsumi Hirajima, Rihona Kato, and Hazuki Tanda, one person representing a member of each group in D4DJ with a very bouncy around and around. And until next time, this is your King Baby Doc reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
guys, this is your King Baby Duck, Evan Borgo, from the Electric Sisterhood, and your host for the No Borders, No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com, CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bastard Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can.